Hello, everybody. Um, it is your girl, the one and only Joy Has Questions, coming to you on this Sunday evening. I am thoroughly, thoroughly loving just this weather. The fact Mother Nature got my leave out looking quite good. Thank you, girl. Finally, I guess. But all jokes aside, let's start it off with you better know. I was thinking about someone of power who I really wanted to, I think, would follow the theme of like using art as a form of protest and social activism and when especially being so Chicago. And when I thought about it, I couldn't think of no one better than one of my spirit animals, the amazing Gwendolyn Brooks, who was an American poet, author, teacher, um, activist freedom fighter, everything in between. This woman was born June 7th, 1917. She died December 3rd, 2000. But what I have always loved about Gwendolyn Brooks is she used her poetry was inspired by the people of her community, of the south side of this city. Um, And she used that to highlight not only the issues that were happening, but also the beauty that was found within the community. And I just, oh God, I lived knowing that she like went to, Phillips High School and, you know, High Park. And I was like, yes, you better be in these streets I walk in. Um, So long when it came from it, like she was born in Topeka, Kansas, moved to Chicago at six weeks of age. Um, Her parents and especially her mom encouraged her poetry writing. She started submitting poems as a high school student. She graduated during the Great Depression and then went to a two-year junior college program. Y'all, she went to Kennedy King. Now, if you're not from Chicago, you may not know, but Kennedy King is one of the oldest standing community colleges in the city. So don't shit on community college. You can definitely get a good education there. And in terms of the inspiration, her mom was quoted even telling her, you're going to be the lady Paul Lawrence Dunbar. I don't like, if my mama would have told me that, I'd have just fallen out and been like, glory, I'm gonna be everything. You You know, when I look at her writing career and just the poetry, she made one of my favorite bodies of work, which is We Real Cool. I I do not think there is anything that encompasses the black male thug experience um, just in terms of the highs, the monotony, but then also the inevitability of what happens when you live that lifestyle. It's like you live by the sword, you die by the sword, like... We real cool. We left school. We lurk late. We shoe straight. We jazz June. We die. So I'm like, truly, in like what, seven stanzas, she just put the entire black male youth perspective, or perspective, you know, from that segment of life. I thoroughly love her in regards to how all of her achievements, just accolades on top of accolades. Um, she published her first book a narrative book in 1953, which was called Marred Martha. And it was 34 vignettes that followed the life of a black woman as she moves from childhood to adulthood. Um, She also attended the second Black Writers Conference in 1967. She met activists as well as artists who exposed her to new black culture uh, or cultural nationalism. So just in the fact of always expanding her circle to really celebrate blackness. She died in December of 2003 in Chicago, uh, Illinois. She just is someone who I really thought like was truly about the people. Didn't give a fuck if people really knew who she was, but she was going to celebrate her community. Um, and there's nothing more beautiful than that. So shout out to grandma Gwendolyn. Love you so much. Respect the hell out of you. And now let's move on as I introduce my amazing guest for today. 
Yes, yes, yes. Hello, everybody. It is your girl, the one and only Joy Has Questions, trying to get the electrolytes back in my system because this weekend I was a little bit too turned like the rest of us in good old summertime. Um, Went to the house music picnic, got to kick it with all the aunties and uncles out there. And so if I sound a little bit, whoo, let's take my time. Just (laughs) give me a moment and deal with it. Um, Super excited to have this guest with me today. This young man, I honestly... I think we met through like one of my childhood friend's mother, like you worked with Vicki Jones. And I think like that's how I came to know who you were. But cannot tell you specifically how I know Mashan Ali. All I know is that this is one black man that is out here doing the work in the community, definitely putting it down for the hood as well as just for blackness. And, you know, if there's anything about Joy Has Questions, I'm not about fuckery and I love (laughs) celebrating blackness. So. He is going to be on here talking about his amazing brand a little bit later, but everyone say hello to Michonne. Hi, love. How are you? What up, though, sis? I'm well. Yay. <laughs> say, look at, got manners, asked if he needed to take his hat off, and he said that. I'm like, look at this good Christian parent. You know what I'm kidding? <laughs> <You're funny. laughs> I'm messing with you. My mama, she'd be happy, though, when she hear that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Okay, something slightly ratchet. I mean, look. Just have your mom listen to the first part. Like, in, if it gets too real, I don't want your mom to be like, what little ratchet-ass show were you on? So. She good. She good. Okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> um, So, we are just going to jump right into it. So, according to IG, let's see what happened. Uh, Drake is out here still crying over Georgia Smith and... <laughs> With music that sounds worse than comeback season. I just want him to put the peacoat back on and have that little side part like Eddie came from the Five Heartbeats. Uh, Beyonce still twerking on Jay-Z. Jay-Z is still being memed, as he should, because he definitely looks like Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) Um, What else happened? Iggy Azalea is battling Nicki Minaj for who has the best plastic surgeon. Currently, Iggy is winning because I saw her twerking in cream, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but she she got it, Nicki Minaj. I need you to get it together. Um, oh, yeah, and Cardi's still pregnant there. So we have covered all of the bullshit that is going on that I just, I'm kind of like, okay, rich people doing dumb shit. Um, but in terms of something that I definitely wanted to to talk to you about, I've this growing movement in terms of justice for Junior, mm-hmm. um, the young man who was murdered in the Bronx a little over. Well, his funeral was a little over a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of people who are getting arrested in this case, it just I think it's up to eight now. There were six young men who were arrested for you know being caught or captured murdering him. And now there's even people who are getting arrested. Like, if you were passengers in the car and you saw him, like, bleeding out and you didn't do anything, you go into as an accessory. And I I personally don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm like, if you got time to videotape, then you got time to help. Because you ain't concerned that the person doing the wrong doing it ain't going to turn around and fuck you up. So then you could have risked it all and just did the right thing. I've seen this movement And let me say, first off, I am not making this a tit for tat. How do you feel, though, when you see, like, groundswell, especially with the activism that you do in the community, but you see, like, the groundswell for certain situations, like when it's the Parkland shootings, March for Our Lives, Get Rid of the Guns, when it's, you know, this little boy, and let me say, he had no right to be butchered like a hog. Mm -hmm. But it's like, and I'm... It just makes me feel like, are y'all coming to our cookout now, finally? Because where is this for the little boy that just, Antonio, who sat there, 
not a fear, just jetted out of the car and got gunned down. Where is this for the Sandra Blands, for the Korea, like for all these cases? And it's just like, I, I want everyone who is marginalized to get justice. And I just feel like here it is again. You want our support, but are we going to get the same? Well, I, <clears throat> I agree with you. Um, well, first, before I even say anything else, my heart, like, I'm sending energy and love to the family. Yeah, um, it's just crazy. To the people that's really, like, going through. Um, now, with that being said, I don't know enough about the story. Mm-hmm. I know some 13-year-old um, guys and girls who have done some pretty fucked up shit that, like, the hood would be on your ass for. All right, so I don't know what really took place. Mm-hmm. All right, it could have been nothing, and it could have been something that just the media just don't know yet. Right. They said it was like mistaken identity, like ah, the oh, okay. the whole reason why they even attacked him. They thought he had done something to like I believe this little girl or whatever. And so mm. you know how hood justice works. It was like we oh, gonna get soul. on site, um, but it just happened. It was the wrong person. So case of mistaken identity and cost that young man his life. So that's the premise. All right. Well, with that bit of information right there, um, you you hit it on the head. You said hood justice. All right for like hood individuals or like uh, people who live in uh, under-resourced and heavy police communities like what type of justice is really there for um, for, for that community and so people take it in their own hands mm-hmm. all right and I know you're aware of this everyone here is aware of that um, hood justice undermines like a traditional sense of justice which is punishment based as hell or morality bam all right so I feel like when there is a perceived justified incident to reinforce punitive behaviors, that's what gets hell of media coverage. All right. Um, and when you like this, the statement are, are, is the media or the mass is going to come to uh, our picnic or see our perception? Um, I think that if and when people were to see or validate the perception of the people who live in the AKA hoods mm-hmm. or under-resourced communities, um, it would really question everyone's belief in a punitive approach to justice, like right. a punishment-based approach to the point where we'd be like, why did this take place? What's needed in order for it to not happen again? All right. Um, Do I think that this one situation was enough to shift the perception or shift the ears of the masses to see how under-resourced community members live? Hell no. Um, I wish it was, but I don't think so. I find, and this is me like keeping track also with the case because I'm I'm really interested in just seeing like those parallel, or I should say, the differences and how this is being treated by. Or in comparison, I should say, to, like, black cases or other Mm -hmm. marginalized groups. Because we're constantly saying, like, oh, the way people of color are treated are different from whiteness or the white majority standard. But then this case is interesting to me because you see another layer to that. There's still lines of demarcation even with different people of color, Mm -hmm. you know? like you And we can get all into, like, oh, well, Dominicans or Afro-Latinos and blah, 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 but... The perception is like, oh, okay, well, they might be of the Latinx community. They're different mm-hmm. from regular black, you know, and I say that with sarcastic air quotes, mm-hmm. you know, oh, they're different from regular black mm-hmm. people, you know. 
And when I look at this situation, what I find so interesting is like now there's other arguments that are coming back out. And the fact of like, if you're videotaping, are you now considered an accessory, you know, to a crime? And I, I, I just, it makes me think of like how many cases has there just been like flat out video, whether it's even from like the police cameras themselves or other people who were taking, you know, videotape. Hell, even when I think about the Starbucks situation, which completely, that now that's slightly apples and oranges mm-hmm. for those two black men. Other than the people who were speaking, I saw people getting up and just letting this happen. You know, I'm like, are they now accessories, you know, to the to the situation or to, like, this injustice? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just something that races, it's a motherfucker. Like, it's, it's just such a mindfuck in terms of how it separates everyone. And even the fact that I have to sit here and think this deeply or we have to think this deeply into it over a little boy that was murdered. And and the worst thing is, I can just easily find, keep seeing it repeatedly. Like, I don't, per, I personally don't like to view things like that because I don't like being desensitized. Yeah, word up. You know, but it's like, I can readily find this. Oh, and true. so, it just kind of, the point makes me feel like, why do I even have to think this deeply? Because it's like, why can't we truly be looked upon the same way mm-hmm. when situations happen, mm-hmm. you know, to us versus other people? And that just, it drives me fucking crazy. I feel it sustains a system. If if black people were validated, if our needs and experiences and expressions were really heard, it would cause it would it'd be a demand to shift how how people operate, not just policy. You can transform policy or change policy, but it doesn't really reflect in the day to day implementation or the day to day doing, mm-hmm. you know. And the comments you made about arresting people for well, the fact that you were sharing around arresting people who were um, bystanders and observers, like record, right, yeah. observers I wonder is the assumption that because you are aware there's a sense of duty to another human and like if that is like the premise of, of, of these arrests like that makes me think about what about the the is it a crime to to be aware of these super under-resourced communities, these super over-policed communities and mm-hmm. not, not do nothing about it. You know, like, where's the sense of responsibility, you know, for, for, in that situation? I say it like that. All right. Um, it's, a, um, it's just so many ways that I just see the disrespect that always take place. Like, one even thing that it makes me think of, like, even with my day job, there's this homeless guy that I see. Um, and he's a war vet because he's mm-hmm. in his old uniform but he's a young man Hmm. and i don't know the only reason sometimes why i don't approach him is because i do know that he has some sort of mental ailment Hmm. and i don't and with my own like history that i've done just my own training when someone is sometimes going through something depending if they're like schizophrenic or bipolar you don't want to like if they're in an aggressive state you don't want to agitate them Hmm. so it's kind of like you have to gauge when is the right time to approach them? Mm-hmm. But it amazes me for this country. It's like, oh, we love our veterans. We were saying, here's a veteran. Y'all walk past every fucking day. Come on. And I see so many people, because I work like, you know, right in the media, like right off Michigan in the Pedway, you know. Mm-hmm. So all these companies, you know, the Clear Channels, the Live mm-hmm. Nations, the mm-hmm. Aeon Centers, the, mm-hmm. you know, the 133 Whackers, whatever. 
all of these professionals, and I'm just like, here he is, this representation. You would think of, here's your chance Mm -hmm. to celebrate the veterans. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, but you just walk past him and let him continue, you know, to to devolve or to have these mental issues. Mm -hmm. So when I see him and he is like kind of dumb, I'm like, okay, well, you want me to get you lunch? You good? But, and that's the thing, he never takes it. Mm. So it's just like, I, it blows my mind in the sense of like, so what is that separation? Is it the black? Because there's nothing yet. He fits the bill for everything that you all say we don't respect when we take a knee against yeah. police brutality or how dare you disrespect the flag or veterans. And I'm like, all it comes down to is it's your excuse because you don't want to have to help someone who you believe is less than you. Yeah, I wish it was a crime to ignore someone's humanity. Like Everybody would be in jail to a certain... The on. whole Republican Party... <laughs> They are running the Congress by 60 Like, the whole Republican yeah. Party would be in jail. Oh, my soul. That's real. Yeah. Would be in jail. <laughs> like, you literally out here separating kids from families and talking about something. Well, the law says, the law also said in 1776 that you could own my black ass. Come Don't on. talk to me. There is a difference between legality and justice. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. country operates in the bullshit of legality. Mm-hmm. This country is not just. Mm-hmm. Justice for all. Who? Sit down. Stop it. But moving right along then, because that actually segues into the next thing or in terms of like, okay, so how do we actively combat the issues that we see? Um, I don't know if any, if everyone is familiar, but if you are from Chicago or hell, even he he has international, like everybody know who Father Flager is of St. Sabina Church. He is one of the realest G's I've seen. <laughs> I saw Father Flager once run up on some Mo's, and I was like, oh. <laughs> what's about to happen? I was sitting there like, oh, my God. Like, oh, oh Mo and them? Like, you really just <laughs> running up? Oh, my God. Like, he he <laughs> believes in his Lord. <laughs> like, he got that faith. Because <laughs> I was like, let me tell you something. What kind of oil he got on him? I was sitting there. I was like, I don't know if I even want that. Because right. I'm like, I ain't got to be that brave. <laughs> but. I remember I saw him like, you better get off Christ's court. And I was like, I've got to go to Captain Hard Times. I just want some pancakes. Like, you doing a lot. Um, But I remember just everyone knows that this is, you know, he is over the pair of St. Sabina. He's been there for years. I'm pretty sure the archdiocese at some point been trying to figure out how to get him to leave. But they know it's kind of like he's so beloved in the community that the archdiocese, if they even tried mm-hmm. to remove him from that parish, black people would riot. And mm-hmm. Jesus don't want them type of problems. Oh, so I, I think they just, they keep him there. <laughs> um, but he's one of the few people that I, I truly feel has always been about change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's almost like he's a Disney movie. But I feel like, you know, That's how funny. the movie, the white person goes to the hood <laughs> I'm going to teach everyone to love poetry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. ooh, we're going to change everything. But <laughs> I get a sincerity with him that I, a lot of times I don't get from a lot of uh, leaders in mm. this city. Because I've, I've been in the internal meetings and I see how they just shake their head and nod as long as they can keep their shit tax-free mm-hmm. and keep buying up property. Mm-hmm. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Almost all. But um, Flaker can't be bought. So much so. That he shut down the damn Ryan yesterday. So it was an anti-guns or, you know, it was a protest. Um, More resources. More resources. Mm -hmm. Garnered thousands in terms of attention. Um, 
and from 79 to 60s and then did it on black people like highlight everybody know how lit chosen few is he knew what he was doing because it bottlenecked everything like Mm -hmm. you couldn't get nowhere Mm -hmm. But the thing that I found interesting was when I was just doing research and looking at the response, I saw so many people who were just like, well, why inconvenience like people that don't have anything to do with this? And and I'm first and foremost, I'm like, so you don't understand what the foundation of approach or the definition. It's Mm -hmm. supposed to make you uncomfortable and and disrupt Mm -hmm. and make you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so that you can take note of what the issue is Mm -hmm. the people are protesting against. Mm -hmm. Just get your attention. Exactly. Take your attention. Mm -hmm. And I think someone said it best once. They were like, if you out here complaining about a protest, how much more so do you think for somebody who's dead, like Mm -hmm. off of the situation that people are enraged about? Mm -hmm. Um, do you think we have gotten to the point where protesting, and as much as I love Father Flager and his beautiful baby blues, do you think we've gotten to a point where it's just like less protesting, more run up, run up, done up? Like, I don't, I look at that and my question is, okay, so now what? Mm-hmm. Because we saw Ron responded, or the, I should say the mayor of Chicago right responded yeah. with, a, oh, Pete, you know, mm-hmm official letters and if anyone knows Rahm Emanuel or just how his syndicate works Mm -hmm. if he has to publicly make a statement about something he's privately pissed as hell yeah it's gonna be a but he gonna play the game like everyone Mm -hmm. has the right Mm -hmm. this is what I'm this is what I'm committed to like (laughs) sit down I know Mm -hmm. your five feet five ass was cursing (laughs) that white man the fuck out in private but you you know what side your bread is buttered on and you are he's a master politician Mm -hmm. so for you do you think it's just like stop playing the dance let's get this shit cracking like how do you feel because you're more of an activist than I feel than I am you know um I would never speak against any um, action that has taken place or will take place. I feel that there are roles and responsibilities. It all is moving the needle. For me, I <clears throat> I think it's best to really be intentional about how our actions are, where we're putting our energy and our attention. Um, being an educator, I... I I am aware of what it takes to shift someone's understanding. And protesting does not shift someone's understanding. All right, the the powers that be. That's not how you shift their understanding. Like, that's another process, all right? Um, Disrupting, disruptions are great, all right? Disruptions oftentimes do not lead to or do not address like tip of the iceberg or the, uh, a high root cause of crime and violence, which is the reason people are protesting. So I, I, I seen the people that was on the Dan Ryan, mm-hmm. all right, and this is my true response. If you know, it looked like it was some thousands of people out there, all right. So let's say, you know, let's say it was three thousand people. Let's take ten percent of that. All right, we got 300 people, all right? And those 300 say, like, I'm down to be one of the actual people that's going to impact change, be a solution. And they broke up in uh, 30 different groups, groups of 10, all right? 
And look at you actually having math. Like he got strategy. So you going to career? <laughs> you gonna go to Everhart? <laughs> yeah, word up. I'm in his inside sweating. Like yeah, that math right. So, oh, like, th- I ain't I flexing. Ten like, percent of three thousand. He right. He right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, your nods was making me feel more confident. So let me do some more math. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Let me break this down further. No, Easy. keep Divided going. Divided by. No, I'm playing. So <laughs> we have these these groups. All right, and each group put their money together to open a business. All right, and let's choose one neighborhood. Let's choose Auburn Gresham. All right, and let's rent or buy these unused retail spaces. All right, let's activate this space for something that's simple and choose to consume there. Whether it's an ice cream shop, it's a pizza store, it's a, a flower shop. I mean, Corey Gilkey does it with Boxville. Come on. All right, so like like that for me is is an additional contribution to the work that's taking place, including the protest. The protest right. is like, come on, we need that shit. Keep doing it. All right. And when we leave the protest, are we going to Chick-fil-A? When we leave the protest, are we going to support some some a, a, a business that don't give a fuck about us? That don't give a fuck. And that's even something I was when I was looking up, like, okay, like, what were they actually demanding? And that was something that I even saw. Um, The most dominant demand that they had was that the city hire one person to oversee and follow through on making sure that resources funnel down. That's such a big ask that not one person can handle. Like, that needs to be a task force of capable individuals. Like, hell, that would be great if that was, like, you and Jamal Cole and... Mm -hmm. um, Nicole Johnson, mm-hmm. and then like Jeremy, like my people that I know who are just well, Jamal. I don't know him from a ham sandwich. Let me not false flag. I'm just saying, like people <laughs> no, who are. Just, I said false flag. Good lord, I'm tired. <laughs> I ain't had a Gatorade, y'all. I'm trying to be like, you know, let me just accept this hangover. Um, <laughs> represent or mm-hmm. false clout chase. I don't know him, mm-hmm. but I know what he does with For My Block. You mm-hmm. know. But that's that's the difference between like having one person who's supposed to handle that versus having a task force. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's I said this and I will say it again. I don't give a fuck about equality. Equality is subjective. Equality mm-hmm. is what you deem will make you feel equal to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's completely different from person to person. Mm-hmm. I care about equity. Come on. Equity is literally, my math ain't good as yours, but it's literally slicing (laughs) up the pie, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And even when I think about ways to truly do that, like protesting is great. Mm -hmm. But case in point, the man that had the cookout and who was it, Peppermint Patty or Sad Ass Sandra, whoever the the white woman was with the little uh, racist Ray-Bans on (laughs) that wanted to call the police on him. He's Uh, now running for city council. Yeah. Yeah. That's how yeah. you truly and, mm-hmm. and on top of it had seasoned food. They had like cookouts that whole weekend just <laughs> fucking with her. I ain't seen soul. her outside yeah. since. Like yeah. Yeah. um and then Angry Angel who got her shit taken from her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how you out here upset this little girl for her selling water so she could go see this fake ass Mickey Mouse like every little kid wants to do. Yeah. And you ain't even got show permits. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. You not only a mm-hmm. bad drug dealer, you're an illegal one. Come on. Oh my God. Come on. You know, but when I see those situations in terms of, like, that's how you truly combat the bullshit. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. So you mad that I'm out here with my sweet baby Ray's and minding my business? Great. I'm Watch running this. for city councilman. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's see how you feel now mm-hmm. when I have true power behind that. That, to me, is what matters more. I love seeing this surge of 
like what you're doing with your brand and like everyone else that is just like putting in the work. And I say this all the time, like if you in a space now where all you can do is wear red suits and, you know, come and shake hands and you sitting here, I, I support the police department. Come, let me pray over yeah. Superintendent Eddie Johnson. I'm mm-hmm. not wishing bad on nobody. Yeah, Everyone deserves up. prayer. Everyone deserves covering. Mm-hmm. But I ain't supporting nobody whose path to greatness is standing on the disenfranchisement and the suffering of other people within the community. Mm-hmm. Like Cat Williams said, I don't give a fuck how good you can sing and dance. I got babies, motherfucker. Like, that's my, my mindset. That's real. that's real. It took me some time to really not... Well, it took me some time to stop blaming people. And this could be... I could be a little naive. Um, I, I, I can... I would validate people who would view my statement as me being naive. All right. Um, definitely not me being passive. All right. How I see it is me um, choosing to, 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 to perceive with the eyes of love as well as um, a teacher, an educator. Mm-hmm. I believe that, th- that their understanding, their actions is just proof of their current understanding. Mm-hmm. All right. And if there was some, 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 you know, if, if, if there was some, some facilitated learning, that there would be a, a desire for accountability, all right, that is not ever going to be there without a new understanding, all right. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experiences where I've had quality conversations with people who think and believe in mm-hmm. ways that lead to people of color being fucked, all right, and we all didn't had a conversation with Clarence Thompson mm-hmm. at one point. We all didn't mm-hmm. talk someone like, you really think this gonna benefit black people? Mm-hmm. And I see your pat like you you're passionate, but it's completely funneled into systems that will not help us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that one appointed person going like taking us back to the, the one of the um the demands from the protest, who's to say that appointed person is gonna have the like the ability to perceive with love? That the and the oversight to ensure that tax dollars are allocated in the proper 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 space, or they're going to just give it to people that they're comfortable with giving money to, who exactly. properly, who really don't serve community members in the best way. They just cause them more harm. Who fit the bill, or it's just like I ain't seen you on the block since Harold's was in between Fifty First Calumet and Prairie. Like, oh my soul, that's funny. Like, first off, that side note, that was the best Harold's fight your mama. I remember when I realized it was torn out, I cried. Like, low key. (laughs) I was heartbroken. I never ate that nasty ass Harold's in High Park. Like, no. (laughs) How could you do this to me? Like, what went wrong? Word. Uh, I was so disturbed. I was like, I don't eat 87 Harold's. You good. Oh, sweet. But, you know, like, just things like that. I ain't seen you on the block since. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and I will say, now this is super random, but I think also there's a level of humility that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think an excellent example, not saying this to be shady. I love Jesse Jackson Jr. now. Mm. Love him. I mm. think prison was the best thing that happened to him. Mm. Because it, get, and he says it too, like, it gave him a sense of humility and a sense of, my God, I really was just in this for the wrong things. Yeah. You know, that he wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. And that experience really, I do think, changed him for the better. I would love to see him now run for public. I don't, I don't, and that's the fucked up thing. Like, he's tarnished now in that mm-hmm. sense. But mm-hmm. I'm like, 
You are a redemption story. If he be authentic and tell his story, what he learned and what he looks to do. Exactly. You know, I, I would totally vote for him if yeah. he like was like on some real shit. Like, okay, this is because. And then on top of it, he knows the game. Like, mm-hmm. they at one point were grooming him to be Barack Obama, mm-hmm. to be the first black president. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like he knows on the yeah. highest of high levels. Like, um, but no, and that's. To me, something that I think would be more effective. Like, mm-hmm. if we start getting the saints and the sinners, the people who really been a part of this shit, the people who aren't scared to get their hands dirty, not the people who are just, like, on some Jack and Jill climbed up the hill mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can't sit with us because mm-hmm. you ain't got on your Barbara Bates outfits. And I'm just like, I don't I don't have time nor the patience. And posers, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The same people I'm like, but if you were on the block... Ray Ray would still run up on you. Tap that ass quick. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas with me, I can come through like, "Hi guys," mm-hmm. and they still will leave me to fuck on because they know I'm not the one. Mm-hmm. Like I support my mm-hmm. people, but you ain't gonna try and fucking play me either. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference because it's like I respect and want to help, mm-hmm. and that energy comes off. Whereas it's authentic energy, exactly. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you just over here because you need to keep the down payment on your home, and we all can see it. Um, so let me let just wrap up. So according to IG with something like, cause it's just been so deep. Um, Beyonce, blonde hair or black? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I was about to be like, uh, <laughs> whatever you she choose. Like what? <laughs> like, we didn't talk about real life and this is what you go in me with Beyonce highlights or not. Like, I uh, wish well, I could have shocked you with like some some for real hair language. I, 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 I wanted you been, to like, be like, well, you know, I like it when she does like a balayage, right? but. <laughs> But as of late, I have been enjoying this darker root. Let me like, what's up? Let me find <laughs> out. No. Um, but I will ask you this in terms of like music, because mm-hmm. you pretty much listen to everything. I do. Um, when you ain't just so involved in saving the world. Word up. <laughs> <laughs> when, when your cape is in dry clean and you got time to say, you're like, you know what? Let me listen to this. Who are you like listening to right now? Like, who is like your go to? Um, let me think. So this one song, y'all gonna judge the hell out of me, but I really don't care. Um, so we had this party at the stove Saturday, mm-hmm. um, Art Barbecue and Henny and the DJ was playing uh, this this trippy red and Chief Key song. It's called "I Kill People." It's fucked up, you know okay. what I'm saying? Well, but the just, song, <laughs> just get right to it. Like I'm a hitter. <laughs> the song cold, you know what I'm saying? So I've been playing that a little bit, and I'm gonna stop because um, it's catchy. <laughs> Gonna be, um, people going to be looking like, this is the same Negro out here got some crime pays. Well, apparently. No, no, I no my verse be like, I heal people, though. You know what I'm saying? You got to make a verse on top of the verse <laughs> just to justify the song. You know what I'm saying? So um, I used to do that, to be Like, no, but they're coming from a sociological place yeah. that they are forgotten. And it's so triggered, this is their you know? rage. And I'm sitting there going, like, girl, you are not thinking about that at Grits and Biscuits. On my side. <laughs> so you ain't gay, dude. You ain't gay. Oh, come like, on, you know. Like, in my head, I've sold so many pounds and keys. Like, I'm out here having lunch with Pablo. But <laughs> that's what happens in my head. No, that's now, real. on the real shit, I'm out here going to work. That's but real. no, okay, so I, I kill people. That's, we don't got to, let's not stay on that one. Let's move on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of G Herbo. I like Bro. Um, one of my guys just put me on Black Thought. I know I should know. You know what I'm saying? I should have been in tune, but I really wasn't. Okay. Um, it's a different sound for me. It's dope. Uh, Where'd you grow up? So I was born in Roseland. I grew up in Markham, Harvey area. Moved okay. around the city of Chicago a lot. Um, with some 
not of the best experiences, you know what I'm saying, as a shorty, but home, Markham. Um, and then my work life has always been in Chicago. Gotcha. You know? So for everyone who wants to know how serious this can be, um, Markham, Harvey World. You uh, funny as hell. Wait, where is it? Uh, Roseland, <clears throat> not... <laughs> Chicago. I ain't about to argue with you. And you know what? And that's the thing. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many people that I've had to just be like, let me pull up a map for you just Easy. really quickly. Yeah. Because that's what we like to call a surrounding area. It really is. close. It is. And I know you feel really connected when you cross over from like 95th going <laughs> northbound. You're just like, ooh, the hood. That's like 119th. Oh, when, true. When you're trying to stretch it. But you know, like 95th is like really where it's like you feel like, and they're off. Like, it's the like, bridge. It gets super fast. That's where the red line starts. I know you feel really connected. That is not Chicago. So no, I'm I ain't happy. I argue with you. Yeah. But it's still the same black experience in the mm-hmm. sense of like the hood is the hood. And I have been off Roseland some days and been like, where's my compass? I do not. <laughs> I was trying to go to like the colas. This is not it. Where's up. Beverly? You know? Yeah. Um, I always say I'm Cook County. You know what I'm saying? Like, sh- like just keeping it 100. Right. I'm Cook County give as the hell. Re- give the know? general zip code vicinity. Yeah. You know, give me the county. As long as you ain't out here like, yeah, I'm dang county. What? No, gee. Sir, that ain't nowhere even near us. No. Mm-hmm. Or Will Met. What? But, I don't um, know what it is. I, I say, although I'm fucking with you, I really, I, that's why I appreciate the thing is like, we still, I don't care if you from Richton Park, South Trail Road, you can be from, hell, Maywood, Kenwood, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of, when you start like going like those bullshit lines of DMAR, even geographical lines, we all are out here trying to fucking survive and make it. Mm-hmm. And it's getting realer than real out mm-hmm. here. That's so mm-hmm. I personally look at that. It's like, I don't care what your area is as long as you evoke and change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what matters most. Uh, we're not also celebrating people killing people. And we're just going to keep that Chief Keef song on your cardio track list. Yeah, I'm just being honest with you, sis. No, that's cool. I, I would have paused for about 10 seconds if I was about to lie to you. Let me tell like, you something. What's that, uh, the last mixtape with Chief Keef? And it's got like the crossword, the, the hood crossword puzzle on the front. I don't even know. Okay, right. So that's one of the mixtapes. It's like Cook. Probably. But it's like, I look like I, I think he said, I look like I cook. I was like, yes. Yeah, it should be cold. It is. And I be sitting there like. Young Chop, you out here eating all the pork products and making bangers. I'm not even Going upset nuts, at yeah. you. It just sound good. You know what I'm saying? It it's does. Like, I validate all expression. And it's like good affirmation music, too. Because it's mm-hmm. like it's full of abundance. You know what I'm saying? It's full of determination. And if there ain't nobody, I know, like, you can say what you want, but them little boys have came up from nothing. Yeah, for real. And made it, made it into something. And you could say it's glorifying violence or whatever. I truly, well, that's the art of of hip-hop like you're talking about your experience everything that's hurt you where you came from so i'm like you may not like it but that's the real mm-hmm. so that is what we're gonna end so according to ig on now going into the next segment which is my fun segment i love this segment it is so i have a question <laughs> cannot wait to interview you well 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 look who decided to finally bring herself to chicago summer is here guys mother nature finally decided to let all of us see sunlight and i am here for it so best believe i'm gonna be at somebody's kickback all june july august and possibly a little bit of september you know that first month always be popping with some cavassier vsop the only drink that is worth drinking for summertime to get it in i hope you're doing the same and let's get it back with joy has questions 
All right, all right. So here's the favorite part of the show for me when it comes down to talking to my amazing guests and just why they are so fucking dope, trail, <laughs> respected, authentic, all of those good acronyms. I love to... Wait, that wasn't an acronym. Synonyms. Damn, I am really just out of it today. Whatever. Y'all know I'm smart. It's an acronym you ain't even realize you made. So <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. We gonna... This is the new wave. Like, you ain't know. Mm. No. Okay. Um, but in regards to Mashan Ali, definitely. Like, when I looked at Trap House Chicago, I remember, like, I would just see on my Facebook. I'm like, crying pays. I'm like, what the hell? Legal drug deal is this nigga out here doing? I'm not. The first time I saw it, that's when I was, like, really into, like, my respectability politics. No, I was doing a lot of work with the city, so I was like trying to be real conscious of who I was mm-hmm. associated with. You almost got unfriended. Like, uh-uh, I can't be out here. On my Facebook, got right. whole ass killers. Like, right. what is he doing? That's but funny, then, when yeah. I started to look at Trap House Chicago and the statistics you were bringing and the awareness you were bringing, I'm like, this is fucking phenomenal. Like, I really was like, this is a mind fuck. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> um, so, I definitely want to know about your journey. Like, how in the hell did you come out with the brainchild Trap House Chicago, and what is it for everyone who doesn't know? All right, so Trap House Chicago, uh, it's a streetwear brand. It's a boutique. Um, south side of Chicago. Right now, we're located on 79th and Ashland, 7955 South Ashland. We just, uh, I just got the keys to a new location in South Shore, so shit about to go up. Yes! Community take back! On my soul. I'm uber geeked about that. Um, Our mission statement, we use streetwear, art, and radical restorative justice as tools to transform individuals, communities, and culture. All right? Um... I consume streetwear. I like streetwear. I, I like, you know, cold ass sneakers. I like tees, nice quality denim. Um, I like it, you know. That's a Chicago <laughs> slash surrounding area Negro for you. Nah, man, my denim. Mm-mm. You Almost ain't gonna so. fade on me in one wash. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I like it. Um, the people that I've consumed streetwear with, they are influential people. Mm-hmm. All right. And for me, um, having a career in education, um, a career in violence prevention, a career in like policy reform, really just a career in restorative justice. Re- my goal has always been to really like shift to make a sustainable transformation in communities. All right. And at one point, I believe that the best way to do that is to train the service providers. All right. You know, teachers. Um, I once was a high school teacher, then I was given an opportunity to train teachers in CPS, K-12, through and then um, opportunity to train police officers in pretty much all the hoods, the south and west side. Um, and then it clicked that, like, I'm training people who really are out of touch. I'm training people who... it They're already in the system. They're system-minded, yeah. You know, I'm training people... The, the piece that really clicked for me, as I explained how Trap House Chicago came, came about... Um, was working, training police officers, being contracted and hired to train police officers to facilitate peace circles, all right, which is just like, you know, ass backwards. Um, I'm supposed to tell the person with the gun, be nice to me, please. Yeah, it, 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 it was something. That's an experience in itself. But it clicked for me that I'm training people to stop crime and violence on an authentic level that really depend on their being crime and violence for their paychecks. Um, I was 28 at the time, 28, 29, and I can walk 
in a police office, walk in a police district building and like walk to the back, like district four, five and six, 10, 11 and 15, like from Roseland to Austin. And one morning after like facilitating a circle with a group of police officers, it couldn't have been no earlier than about eight o'clock, all right, 8.30. And this brother come through the door, my age, all right, I got, got my little Euro suit on and shit, feeling good about myself or whatever, talking. And this dude comes in handcuffed, and the officer has his arms, like, behind his back, but the officer's holding his arms up. So the guy's, like, bent over with his arms twisted straight backwards. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? And in my mind, I'm thinking that. And before I can even say anything to correct it, the the guy looks at me, the young guy looks up at me, and I look down at him. And me even saying that shit just isn't me. All right? And... That moment, that's when I was like, I gotta stop doing this, cause this ain't, this this is not effective. All right, I'm training this group of police officers, and it's all thousands more that's not even getting the training. All right, um, or it's going in one ear and out the other, cause you got him sitting here hogtied. You know, we was tapping their ass though. The officers that we trained, we were transforming them. Like this okay. restorative justice stuff ain't, it's not weak when facilitated in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. All right, when it's communicated directly all right like the impact of a punitive system the impact of a restorative system all right um because i that's why i believe in restorative justice so much because i've witnessed it transform people transform teachers transform community members and transform some police officers all right so the thing was about capacity all right how do, how can we get quality restorative justice training district-wide fast and that shit wasn't happening um so it, it just clicked to me like how can i get this concept that the best way to really like fuck the police and like fuck 12 is to not commit crime all right on a mass scale all right and it was just it was simple to me like you need to shift who you're serving all right you need to shift who you're giving as like giving information to and taking information from all right um a couple years before that i was working at this uh, non-for-profit in inglewood bishop shepherd little and um, after school program and like half of my participants didn't come. It was like just the sisters came and we was like, yo, let's go get the guys. And we walked down Halstead and the guys was in the bando. I called them and I'm standing outside in the sun thinking to myself, like, God, give me a way to get them out and keep them out. And it's like, well, they in the trap and you know why they there. All right, create a space where they can make money, create a space where it's safe, create a space where it's fun create a space where they will be received as they are. Ain't nobody going to judge them. We're really going to embrace your skill sets that you have. Or you, help develop them. Help I find sometimes it. people don't even, and totally not to cut you off. You good, like, sis. People don't even realize, like when you've been beaten down so much, you don't even realize like what you are gifted at or what you're good at. You Come just on. like going through the motions of thinking like, man, I guess I ain't nothing. This is what I got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I find so many people that like, so you see like a rush for all these boys like, oh, I'm going to get into rapper or oh, I'm going to play ball. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. That's an amazing, if you have that skill yeah. and that asset or um, skill or, you know, that talent, I should mm-hmm. say, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. But there are so many different levels of of talent and things that you can tap into yourself. It's just a matter. You don't even know it's there. You can't mm-hmm. even define like what you are good at, what it is that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just funnel yourself into the one thing that maybe you could possibly grasp. But mm-hmm. there's so much more, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I asked myself, like, how can I get about and keep him out? 
and the idea was like Trap House Chicago. Um, at the time, it was teens reaching all potential. All right, it was going to be a non-for-profit organization. It was going to, um, my space would be a boutique. I'd be able to teach them. And I've, I've consumed streetwear so long. I've had a couple brands in the past um, that's been in some stores. I've always wanted to have a, a, a brand, and it needed to be authentic to me. Mm-hmm. I care more about community members than I do about, like, dope, like, being fresh. All right, like, I feel like being present and aware as as an individual, not as a man or as an adult, as an individual, um, like, there's more important things right now. Um, so it just clicked. It just clicked for me. The opportunity, the need was there. All right, for something to be more impactful, because um, they made the choice to go there and to not come to the after school piece. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me create something that's dope as hell. That's gonna get your attention. Um, it's gonna appear to be an opportunity, and it is. All right, um, and I wanted a brand too. You know, and and to be able to teach people how to create their own brand and hustle tees more than hustling something illegal. Right. You know, so Trap House Chicago now is truth reaching all people. It's a for profit business and we are not a non for profit. We are not a palms up can you help us organization by any means. All right. We are a for profit, um a socially conscious, a socially engaged, radical ass for profit business. Basically, y'all, what he just described, y'all know that scene from Malcolm X when he hold his little black glove hand up and he hit him with the little finger. That's what I feel when I look at Trap House. Like, oh, this is a movement. Like, he got everybody, like, lining up, like, to the left. The original uh, Beyonce song. I'm here for it because I am someone that feels like it does need to be a a little bit more radical in terms of being taken seriously. But that's just my personal opinion. So Mm -hmm. when I see what what your your brand represents and that it is for profit like no we're trying to get these coins so that mm-hmm. everyone can get on i totally mm-hmm. respect that mm-hmm. so even i know you said you were working at one time with the cpd and now your perception kind of has like shifted a little bit in terms of who needs to be served but do you still think that like it's possible for the chicago police department or any police department for that matter to coexist within the black community or is it just like no nah? um Cause there's a lot of black officers. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of black officers that are good people. It's a lot mm-hmm. of white officers that are good. I won't say a lot. There are some officers, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, all right, um, man, woman, that are good people. Uh, and by good people, I mean informed, all right, um, and have morals that they stand on that don't just serve theirs, all right. Um, for me, with the with the understanding that I have. And when I say radical restorative justice, that is speaking to the the, the deep rooted causes of crime and violence that are being addressed. Not just saying like we radical because we in the street. Like hell no. Mm-hmm. Like us being radical in the street is we opening up more stores. Right. All right. So when I when I think about what the police like came from, like everybody wasn't happy when slavery was abolished. Not at all. There was a lot of unemployed people. The breakers was unemployed. The the overseers were unemployed. And as you the know. The owners were broke. The owners were broke. All right. And f- free white people were were afraid. They're not the people we've been beating on free now. All right. So they needed some protection. And this ain't shit that you don't know already. But they needed exactly. some protection. So it's like, let's hire let's, the breakers and the catchers. Let's get some middle, some middle management here. Come let's... on. You know. So thinking about that, what it really has come from, um... 
long term, hell no. All right, because black people and white people are not policed the same. White people are not policed. They're protected. Black people are policed. All right. Um, So, like, fuck no. And then currently, I think it would be irresponsible of me to just end with that statement. Like, I think there has to be some, um, what's it called, an exit strategy. Exactly. All right, and I know that exit strategy is not going to come from the people of power. It's not going to come from any politician. Like, that has to be a decision that people of color, or just people with hearts, all right, decide to be like, all right. This is what we want policing to represent for us, or what we want this aspect of justice Mm -hmm. to look like for us. Mm -hmm. A a five-year plan, not a five-year plan to stop police, to to stop crime and violence, a five-year plan to abolish the police, so however many years to be like, this is what, here's training for community members, and this already exists with a lot of organizations. Right. To prevent and resolve our own conflicts, all right. Trainings on how to be an entrepreneur and turn your your uh, your hustle into a sustainable system where you can catch a cold yes. and your business still run. Like the information is out here in order to do it. I just think it needs to be in terms of people willing to share it, share it, you know, and people to receive it. You exactly. Know? We need the right educators for the people. Can't be speaking the wrong language. True. Yeah. And okay, getting to the educator, I definitely feel like you represent that in terms of like your true passion is to help. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like your true passion is to serve and protect. You know, there's a need serving in our community as well as protecting. So when you on the block and when you like walking up on the boys and you know like okay, these the runners, these the like the low mm-hmm. you know, the low workers in the sense of like you definitely ain't got your team, you mm-hmm. ain't managing yet. Mm-hmm. Um what is it the perception that you want them to have of you? You know, how is it that you want to be viewed or what is it you think you bring to the table that allows them to open up to you or to be vulnerable in an environment where it's like vulnerability will get your ass killed. You can't mm-hmm. be vulnerable on a block, you know? So what is it that you think you give them that allows them to be like, huh, maybe I could trust him? Well, I, I know what I give and I know how I perceive. And because I know what I give and how I perceive that I, I, I trust that. All right. And I've never really given it thought to how I want them to perceive me. Mm-hmm. I've always just shown up authentic. Um, so, not saying that me giving a thought wouldn't be like I get to manipulate it and whatnot, no, but like I'd never really given that thought. Um, for me, that's that's a question that's hard for me to a- ask because I don't see them as anything other than a human. Like mm-hmm. seriously, you know, I walk them and be like, "What's good, bro? What's up, sus?" When I what I do give thought to is how the young sisters perceive me. All right, um, there's times that I won't even say nothing to a young girl, just like walk on past, you know. Because my good morning or my hi, I don't even want to risk it being anything harmful, all right, or misperceived. Um, but, like, the guys on the block, like, I say good morning. You know what I'm saying? If I if I, if I would assume it's not like a good morning saying as person, I'd be like, what up with it, bro? Or I, always, I speak to everybody that I walk past, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and if I'm going to engage in a conversation with them, I'd... I, Whatever, bro, you got a, you got a second? I'm saying, like, let me show you something real quick, bro. What you think about this? I always start off with a question. I don't talk long. It's like, what you think about this? And it's the crime page shirt or it's a poster, you know what I'm saying, that say crime drought on it, you know, um, and engage in a conversation like that. And what I found is them brothers be ready to talk. Like, they be ready to talk. They come to the store and, like, they going to stay in the store and come back the next day and then come back the next day. 
Um, it's like it's there. It's just a matter of nobody is listening to them. Bam. And that, you know what? You just hit it on the head. Because like you hit a old, the old heads say, well, I don't want to say old heads because one day we're going to be old heads. You hear the more seasoned people be like, they just don't listen. You know what I'm saying? They think they know it all. And I let them talk. You know what I'm saying? But in my mind, and I should probably start vocalizing this. Like, man, have you ever just, like, listened to them and find out what it is that they know that they know? Mm-hmm. You know, like, listen to them, you know? Um, you can find commonality with everyone. Come on. Like, truly, you can find If Not even trying to be funny. If I didn't think that Trump was, like, literally Satan's toenails, like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could have a conversation with him and find, be like, you know what? I do like a good taco bowl. You're right. Like, yeah. I could find something. A Mexican bowl is what he'd call it. Okay. See, no, nah, let me, different example. I'm pretty sure I could find something with anyone. And that's just the human nature because the thing is, outside of the the lines that we set for ourselves in terms mm-hmm. of what makes us different, what separates us, and actually, we are all the same. It's the the different barriers that we've put up now to just like keep each other in the boxes that make us comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. make us feel protected that mm-hmm. make us feel better than. So even when I've looked at some of these, you know, the leaders, you know, and not saying no names, but it always interests me because I'm just like, but you roll your windows up in your bench joking. You skirt on 22s faster on. than a nigga at Washington park at the stunt show in front mm-hmm. of the field house. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. get back to your nice little, you know, gated ass community, mm-hmm. or it's like you do these luncheons because you want to feel like you're get like that's your quota for the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, of course, I get back, but it's like you want them to already like what looks like lost is oh they just haven't really declared a major in college. You know how I many boys out here ain't even thinking about college? Yeah, don't don't even know if they're gonna make it out of high school. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. trying to eat exactly, literally thinking about the next meal. Mm-hmm. And so it's just when I when I see that just obliviousness, it's just a matter of like you're not even trying to find a way to to find that link. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of these leaders, and I'm like, but you started off broke, bro. Like you didn't have money, boo. You were in the same hood predicament, and that's the difference. There's nothing wrong with elevating yourself, but you don't have to shit on somebody else to forget where you've come from. Like mm-hmm. that to me is true. Reach up and, and give back. I think them people just don't know exactly how to and feel a sense of overwhelmed, you know, over like overwhelmedness. Is that, is that a word? Overwhelmingness? Or overwhelmingly. Overwhelm- I know they just that feel overwhelmed. Let me say it like that. I can do math. Great. Let's just remember that, y'all. You know what? Uh, and I words are my thing, but in this moment, we, you make it up. I don't even care. You good. <laughs> oh, they feel overstressed and over over uh, burdened with the perception with the what, what believing that people perceive them as someone that can be a solution mm-hmm. and it's like well i got my own bills to pay too you know it's like i don't think some of the people that made it out the hood get the financial education in order to sustain it you know so it's oh uh-huh. you know i've been in many of your faves house and i'm like oh, okay so you got this nice look but i'm like but you ain't gonna front okay. right where your furniture well, is, bro I'm going to be fine with my Value City furniture set that I can afford. Oh, so um, and this microfiber couch that looked like real velvet and just go easy. about my business. Because <laughs> I'm not out here trying to keep up with the Joneses, the Johnsons, mm-hmm. the ben- Benjamin Bannikers, none of that. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to live my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big point. And even, okay, so looking at this, with the movement that you have and the fact that you truly do have the ear, like every, 
Do you see yourself now like ever wanting to be like, you know what, I might make a go at it in this public office space? Or is it just a matter of you like, hell no, I ain't got the patience and I will curse everybody out in City Hall? The only way I would run for any type of office, and I I, I allow myself to be new every day, Mm -hmm. all right, so I can learn something, then my whole perception to change. I ain't tripping, all right? So, but like right now in the moment, like I don't see myself running for any type of political office at all. Um, I feel like I would lose influence. Why does right. everyone say that? Because there's a sense of trust that's that's taken, you know, like once you are in, once you're in the system. You gotcha. Know? Um, and you're the only way. Yeah, I don't even want to say you're a disruptor. I'm not even giving the system that much attention. Like the shit that I'm making that's relevant to the system is to recruit people. I'm really big into spirituality. You know what I mean? Like that's the next piece. I'll be having guys in the, in the store meditating, guys and sisters in the store meditating facilitating circles like identify yourself be yourself around all people around all the times can you control how you think yeah and what would that do for you all right um me saying crime pays is is where people are me saying no system formed against me shall prosper that's an affirmation you know like um but like hell like no i don't i don't see that and again the only way i would run for some type of office is after I secured a bag myself, so I would not have to have take to any other. Yeah, no, exactly. nobody else money, no strings attached. I'm gonna get in there myself, and we're gonna let God move, and we're gonna fund it ourselves. So pretty much, y'all, we ain't gonna get these tailored fashions uh, in City <laughs> Hall until like 2025. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, that's, that's real. Give me okay. some time. <laughs> you know? Until it's like, no, I made this with my own uh, restaurateur money and Come investments. On. Now I can do this on my own. Come Got on. you. Easy. So in terms, okay, now that we know that, it, it definitely seems like you're super busy at Trap House Chicago. It, was this correct? Did I see you do an installment with MCA? Yeah, so... I and also, a, that's Museum of Contemporary Art. So, he out here not only got fashions <laughs> and activism, he out here got culture, too, y'all. Oh, my son, you so, funny as hell. He got culture. <laughs> he north of no, those. like, how... Like, that's epic. It's, you know, I see everybody trying to take that same little raggedy picture about a little, like, flower, paisley-looking <laughs> thing. I'm like, that's a really big deal. How did you yeah. do that or finesse that? So, um, I am one of... Uh, the four lean artists um, that was um, so there was this program lean artist Chicago right all right one of the artists that was a part of the show at the MCA Jeremy Bailey what up Jeremy hi um, <laughs> good real good guy he put together this this um, incubator for solution based businesses all right for solution based artists all right and that's amazing. Um, you know, learning about a lean approach to business, which is usually like VCs are interested in, uh, venture capitalists are interested in, um, and instead of just having like a a, a fun ass product, like let's have one that's really like solution driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was accepted, and I was able to give a speak, give a pitch for the business, which went great. Um, my merchandise is sold in the store right now. Oh my god, that's and phenomenal! Up, for, yeah, up in the show right now, like we in the museum for like merch on a rack. You know what I'm saying people can't touch that shit. You can't touch it. Yeah, you called, better you come know? on, MC Hammer. Yes, ah, like, uh, you good. You, you should be a rapper, G. You got all of like the. Like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it up with this podcast. Oh like, my soul, okay. you good. But yeah, I, I feel super good. Um, I applied for it. I got it. I See? took the classes. Took the mentorship affirmations man you got to speak it into existence and i truly feel like the universe will reward you when you're out here just trying to 
live right and you know eat all flats instead of drumsticks because that's really trashy that's like real. you're just trying to out here move little like <laughs> i would be like you know what i'm gonna keep your beer flourishing and i'm Easy. gonna give you these blessings so i'm <laughs> here for real. that that's amazing yeah. Yeah. Do you find though, like with the activism, because also I see so, there people try and keep images in every aspect of their life or field. It doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. do you find with yourself that it's hard to separate your personal life? Like sometimes you just want to thought and bob and do hood rat things with your friends, and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Do you find it hard sometimes to like separate that from like the responsibility? Or I know you say you're not into the perception, but it's just like how it is that maybe if someone saw you, how that would look. Or is it just like, look, you're going to get my authentic self at all times? Um, Man, these are good questions. Um, oh, no. I'm not going to hit you at the... So, did you like the Hirachis or I know, like right? the new <laughs> Air <colors>? Max release? <laughs> <laughs> right. All white or all black? Exactly. Black, by the way. But carry oh, my on. Soul. I would have said all white, though. Really? With the no-soul socks, G. Okay, those are words. What is that, Jeff? <laughs> like, I don't believe in shoes with laces. I didn't start mm. buying gym shoes... I'm five two with a Napoleon complex. Ah, okay. And my mom like always raised me, be a lady. So it's like (laughs) I need shoes that click. I just now realized, like, oh, sneakers. (laughs) I didn't even know Jordans came in numbers. You tripping? I don't care. Like, (laughs) we're not gonna judge you. You good? I was like, oh, that's what thirteen means. (laughs) Them so called two to thirteen. Everyone, see, I do know that. I'm like. 13s, and I think 7s, or is it 10s? The 7s, the 11s, the 1s. Okay, basically 1 through 23, everybody oh, likes. So, That's yeah, the point. Yeah. But, yes, got you. But, um, yeah, getting back, do you find, like, it's hard to, like, separate, like, when you're just trying to be with your boys and kick it versus I have to support the community? Um, Man, this is a good question. It's a good question because I think about this often. Like, often I put this in my journal. I'm like, where's the off You journal, too? You have to. You come. <laughs> Side note. I'm totally about to go off in a second. So I was just having this conversation in terms <laughs> of, like, the black community and this generation of black men. I'm just like, look, y'all, we have got to do more than grow beards and have <laughs> Jeeps with the suicide doors. That does not mean personal success. Like, we have got to get some therapy and prayer coaches for these real pathologies <laughs> and for toxic masculinity. Low key. I feel like if your son came to you and was just like, you know what, Dad? I'm really out here just having a conflict. I think, like, you seem like the type of dude that'd be like, son, I just want you to be happy. Like, yeah. look at you having common sense. That's, That's a real. breath of fresh <laughs> air. Because I can't tell you how many, like, just in general people, not even just black men, but just people where I'm just like, does your mama like you? Like, Word. what is the problem? <laughs> like, thank no. you. Okay, carry on. So you always battle with. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. Um, in your journal, I just, yeah, I can't I've been like really reflecting and like writing, um, writing out my day. What did I do? What I would have liked to have done differently. Um, so it's a goal of mine to have one day where I just like turn my phone off and I do shine type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do me. All right, and whatever that is. I forgot that I like cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I sit down like in front of Netflix, I'm like, what am I supposed to be watching to push me forward? And I was like, fuck that, bro. Like, I searched cars, and I've been, like, watching all the car documentaries, and it's making me feel so good. Did you ever see the one on BMW? No, you see Apex, though? No. The hypercars? Gee, look that shit up. Okay. See, I got into, as a child, I was, well, also, I came from a very, like, religious 
background, mm-hmm. but my mom wouldn't let me put up like B2K or anything. Yeah, my mom either. But <laughs> what? But <laughs> for me personally, my thing was like car. So I literally would get like car and driver and Moto Trend. Cool. And I would cut out like the Hot auto Ride show. Magazine. Oh my god, I would get everything from um, the auto show and then just like cut out all the concept cars. To this day, if Buick ever puts out the Cielo, I will lose my shit. That was the best concept car I ever saw in my life. I ain't never seen that. Oh, sick. Please look it up. It was okay. so beautiful. But I think that's real because sometimes even when you're trying to be your authentic self, there's multiples that you're going to get. Like there's some days where I'm I'm just like, okay, let me be classy mm-hmm. and eat kale and support the kids. And other days I'm just like, I really want to tap into my Yvette from Baby Boy and just be <laughs> like, I'm about to get it with my girls. That was my day yesterday. And I had Word no up. problem being out there with my girls having a good ass time. But I think everything in just in moderation and understanding the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the people are definitely going to fuck with you and respect you regardless. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of knowing that fine line between doing too much. And at the, I don't think nobody ever begins wanting to be a poser. No, hell no. So I think it's having that ratchet balance. I think it's what keeps you real to yourself. It's like, you know what? Yes. I'm going to blast, I kill people, and I'm also going to save the hood, and you going to fucking deal with it. Oh, so, my soul. Okay, I got it's you. It's okay. I'm fucking with you. Okay. It's a real part of my life. I, that was part of part of my answer is going to be, like, what helps me relax is, like, having a significant other. Having friends, mm-hmm. having a significant person in my life, mm-hmm. um, having a lady, that really helps me relax, too, because that would uh-huh. be irresponsible for me not to be cultivating a relationship. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, Why? you know, be in a relationship if I'm not going to kick it, you know? So that helps. Um, and then there's never, like, a moment that I'm not myself. You gotcha. know what I mean? So, like, I love Trap House Chicago. Um, I wear Trap House Chicago along with other brands that I support. Um, and there has been times when I'm out at a restaurant and, like, something foul is getting ready to go down and I get up and, like, say something to somebody like, hey, bro, this shit ain't worth it, fam. Like, y'all just bounce, you know? And is that the work? Nah, I just think this is being responsible and a human in that moment. Like, AJ, you should breathe, G, because, like, you look like the type that'll jaw him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that ain't going to get us nowhere, bro. Right. You know, um, doing it, like, you know, discreetly and real and moving around, too, at times. Gotcha. You know? So, and then I feel fulfilled doing the work of Trap House Chicago. So, like, if I was not to do it, I don't think I'd be able to rest well at night, you know? So, um. You don't need no PR coaching. I'll give you that. You got it sewn up. Like, oh, damn. You're good. Like, no, <laughs> I got you. Um, but no, seriously, when I tell you I've had a blast having you on the show, um, definitely, definitely was encouraged, inspired, listening to you and your story, your authenticity. You know, you got my support, definitely. You always invite me to Trap House stuff. I am finally... You don't be summer. coming, though. You know what I'm saying? I know, and I'm real. I'm finally coming out my homebody phase. Easy. Like, you I'm could. the most you extroverted could. introvert. Because if you give me an opportunity... If you finally get me outside, I'm out. If you give me an opportunity to be inside and watching season two of Anne of Green Gables <laughs> on Netflix, which is what I'm about to go home and do. Oh, oh nigga. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, what happened to Matthew and Marilla? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely about to be on that too. So, yeah. 
I will be coming through. And we right down the street now, too. On 79th, yeah. Well, 71st. We about to be in South Shore now. Oh, that's right. So, you know the funny thing? I lived right off 70th and South Shore. Are you going to be like off Yates or on the other side of the Metro line? So, we're on Paxton. I'm, oh. I'm giving out more information than I wanted to, but we good, G. We gang. It's exclusive releases and shit. Yes, we good. you better new trap house Chicago location, y'all. Yeah, Seventy first impact. That's gonna be amazing. Yeah, you know, I'm giving me some sugars right there. Right? Yeah, I got you. Did you good? <gasps> no, 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 no. You asked. I thought you used to ask me was I gonna give you some sugar and we get to like you know what I'm saying like no, bless you. God, you said, no. Give I mean, me give some me sugar. some sugar. The, the bakery. Yeah. Gee, it's about to go Ms. up. Miss Lenore, let me tell you something. I told that woman. I'm like, I don't care. Cheesecake. You have got to do my wedding. I don't even give a fuck if I get married like in the near future. But I'm like, your business has to stay open. She's like, I don't do it, but you will mind. Yeah. And then on top of it, her actual food is bomb. I ain't heard the food. I just had them cheesecakes. Oh, had that lemon cake. she can cook. That whole team can cook their ass off. The food up in there. And then in the summertime, they have the um the fruit pies. Mm. And then that um key lime pie bar. Yeah, I had my- the key lime pie bar. God. It's banging. And then parfaits. Like, I don't know what she be putting up in there, but it's <laughs> definitely got to be rocks. Like, we need some type of collaboration. I need them to design their teas. You something. should. That would be amazing. And then, like, it's a really cute space. It's like rustic. Look at me giving everyone go to give me some sugar in between, like, Yates and. So, I don't know. It's like right off 71st, right off 71st and Yates. Between it's, Yates and Paxton. Okay, fine. It's like by the hour. It's right down the street from the store. Got you. And yes, pull up at I'm definitely going to be up in there. Oh, my soul. It's going up. Give me a little culture and cheesecake. Come yes. On, Come on. But thank you so much, love, for being on the show. Super appreciate it's you. It's my pleasure. Yay. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So for this week's motivational message, I really had this on my heart and spirit, and it was in regards to, is this your king? Now, we all know everybody was quoting that from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, when Michael B. Jordan uh, said that after he like threw T'Challa over the cliff and everybody was like, no, not our baby. Um, but what I really was thinking about when it came to is this your king? It made me really think about like the definition of what a king is or what a queen is or when it comes to like that sort of power. Everyone runs around talking about like kings and queens and you know treat me like a king that I am, a queen that I am and that's all well and good. But when I truly think about that, like what does it mean to be a king or a queen? I really think about the intangibles that go into it. So just follow along really quickly. I ain't gonna take nobody on no really long lesson. I know I'm a heathen, but there's moments in the Bible that I really am inspired by. And one of those moments um, was in regards to Jesus' earthly cousin, John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist was, like, getting everyone prepped, like, oh, no, Christ is just around the river bend. Like, he was basically telling everyone, like, no, the Messiah's here. Y'all need to stop playing these games. And so right around that time, um, Israel was split up or the Jewish community was split up. You had the Tim tribe kingdom, and then you also had the two tribe kingdom of Judah. And so it made me think about King Herod and King Herod was over the two tribe kingdom of Judah. Right. And so long story short, a couple of chapters in the gospel, John the Baptist gets killed by King Herod at his wife's birthday party because um, he basically was like, for your birthday gift, I'll get you anything you want. And she was like, I want the head of John the Baptist because she was tired of him like prophesying about how she was living her life all reckless. Haters gonna hate. So he got murdered. But what it also made me think of, me being the history nerd that I am, 
is the fact that King Herod was over the two tribe kingdom of Judah. But also, that was around the time that the Roman Empire was becoming the Roman Empire. So it always made me kind of go, how was it that he was a king when in actuality Rome was over him? And that's what made me start to do the research in terms of like what it means to truly be a king versus what it means to be a figurehead. At the end of the day, King Herod was nothing more than a figurehead or he kept the peace to keep the Judean community or the Jewish community at least pacified so they wouldn't have to just see their oppressors or they wouldn't have to be bothered with the Roman Empire. But he still did their bidding. All he was was their little puppet and the representation. But the thing is, he still held the title of a king. And if you look at that time, what he would be actually truly defined as would be a vassal lord. You're not a king if you have somebody else. God, now I sound like Dame Dash. <laughs> it's like, you're not a boss. But the thing is, it's true. You're not a king if you are sitting here and you are at the the mercy of somebody else's power. And that's what I truly think about being a king is subjective. Being a queen is subjective. We all want to get the bag. We all want money. We all want to be successful. We all want to pull up at our haters at the 10th year high school reunion, drip down going, Hey, you thought I wasn't going to be nothing. Here I am. And that's all well and good. But in order to accomplish that, like, It takes more than just screaming, I'm a king, I'm a queen, or I got this business, or all these things that can be taken away from us. That's not what makes us successful. That is not what puts us on. Because if you still have to answer to others for your bare minimum of respect, and I don't mean that in terms of, oh, do you have multiple jobs that you have to work? No, you got to provide for yourself, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I truly look at it as, if you have to sit here And for those intangibles, your respect, your self-worth, your confidence, your authenticity, if you are sacrificing that just so that you can secure a bag, you are no one's king. You are no one's queen. You are a figurehead for somebody else's perception. You a fucking puppet. So I want us all to think about that. When it comes down to what it will cost for us to truly be kings and queens, we might have to sacrifice something that might put us in a public persona or in an image that makes other people happy. Because sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and to truly be a king and queen, you have to be looked down upon by others. And that situation that I mentioned really briefly from the Bible, and y'all know I ain't been to church in many a boat. But the fact of the matter is the king got that situation with John the Baptist because he was the one that was like, no, I'm going to tell you this real and I don't give a damn if you mad at me or not for it. And the ultimate sacrifice that he paid for was just with his physical life, but he still got his reward. Meanwhile, King Herod got played the fuck out by the Roman armies and he was nothing but nobody's bitch boy. So let's think about who really was the king or who had the crown that was of gold, and who had the crown that was of tin. Just saying. I want everyone to have an amazing week. Let's truly walk in our purpose. Be the kings and queens that we are answering to no one. And I will holler at y'all, my loves, next week with Joy Has Questions.